You got your mama's sunshine. You got your daddy's rain. You're like a piece of heaven in a hurricane. And it's bubbling over. Hey guys, I hope you guys are all doing well today. Welcome to this week's podcast. We are still off the mountain. We're having fun. I've got a little bit of uh, an allergy situation happening today, so I apologize for that. But uh, it's going to be a good day. It's uh, The fall is here. Uh, the weather is here. The football games are here. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of fun to be had. And so uh, make sure that you spend time with your family this week. Make sure you reach out to somebody, encourage them. But today we're going to talk about something that I think we've all thought about, right? And uh, it's misconceptions. It's what people think about the church, uh, misconceptions of the church. And so uh, we're just going to jump right in. We're going to jump right in and talk about what is it that keeps people from coming to church because they think that it's one way, but then when they get there, you know, maybe they're, they're pleasantly surprised. Yeah, it's interesting because there's so many people out there like myself and probably you guys. I love going to church. Uh, it's so valuable to me. But there's others who dread going to church. And I think a lot of it has to do around ignorance. Uh, we don't know what the church is or you've been to a bad church. Right. Uh, there, there are bad churches, just like there's bad restaurants, there's bad schools, there's bad neighborhoods. Uh, there are bad churches, and there's good churches. Yeah, I, I think it's sad because I think uh, a lot of people have had a negative experience with someone yes. at church, and it's important to distinguish the difference, right? You've had a bad experience with one person or maybe two people at a church, and that church might be, like you said, not a great church, but uh, sometimes it is a good church, and there are people... We, we don't turn anybody down when they want to come to church, and so we can't um, keep negative experiences experiences from happening. We try, we do our best. Well, a lot but. of people say, you know, church is full of hypocrites, full of hypocrites. And and in one sense, there, it is full of hypocrites. But what we have to, to really focus in on is that church is, in one sense, for broken people who know they need to be fixed. And so we're all on a journey of being fixed. And so you can't let, you know, an experience with one person stop you from going to church. Like our church, we have thousands of people. Yeah. And uh, a lot of them are really, really broken. You spoke last week about a guy that, you know, he had a road rage incident. I don't know yeah. where he was going, but he got his car shot up and he came in and went to the altar. And so, uh, see, see, church is for people who believe there's a God. That's where it starts at. They believe there's a God and they believe they're broken and they believe God can fix them. Yep. And they go to church. Well, it, you go back to the hypocrisy idea for a second. People that go to church still make mistakes. Right. And right, so definitely. when you look at somebody who is is trying to change, they're trying to uh, allow God to change them from the inside out by going to church and doing these things and exposing themselves to God and to his people um, in this atmosphere of, of the actual physical space of church. Right. When we see that happening uh, and then we see them the next day and they flip somebody off, they get mad. You know, that doesn't mean they're a hypocrite. That means they made a mistake that day. Um, a hypocrite means that you're pretending to be yes. someone that you're not. And we don't pretend not to be broken. Right. And there are people in the church that, that are like that. Yeah. Well, some of the self-righteous people are the ones that ruin church. Yeah. I mean, a while back, it wasn't too long ago that I had a, a very, very uh, churched family come to me, or a man and woman. Uh, he walked up to the front. She came with him, and he was just furious. I said, what's the matter? He says, somebody in front of us was wearing a beer shirt. A beer shirt, a very worldly shirt. And I, I wanted to just tell him to go home and take it off. And I stood there stunned going, you got to be kidding me. Maybe that's all they had. 
Uh, they're coming out of the world. They're broken. I mean, you can't look past that. What if it was one of those Christian shirts? That, like, instead of saying King of Beers, it said King of Kings on it or something? <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe they, but uh, don't you think that up. some churches or some places do promote self-righteousness or they breed self-righteousness, and then that gets carried on to different churches? And because of that, that's where the hypocrisy kind of creeps in, where people are like, well, our church, we don't do this, or we don't celebrate Halloween. Uh, some of you guys might have you know, celebrated last night and went trick-or-treating. Um, and you know, that comes from that stems from that self-righteousness, right? There, that self-righteousness. Maybe, attitude. I mean, some people don't want to do it and that's fine. You know, that's right. not a big deal. I wouldn't say that they're all self-righteous if they don't do that. Sure. But I, I, I think, um, but I'm saying looking down at other people saying, well, you're not, you're not as good as Christian as me or you're not, you're not people even people are like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Self-righteousness can ruin the church quickly. Right. And I think anyone who's growing in Christ, we talked about maturity last week. Uh, as you mature in Christ, like the apostle Paul, uh, the more uh, you know, uh, more you grow in Christ. The more you see your sins, and you see uh, that even when you're trying to do your very best, you come up short. And so I think very often we 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 become judgmental in the church. Like this, some time ago, is quite a few years back, that some people in the church world was trying to suggest that no one should go to Disneyland. They ought to boycott Disneyland because they had uh, gay people at work there. Almost every people work there. And, and a lot of Christians were getting on the bandwagon. I said, you've got to be kidding me. Yeah. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why don't you just not go anywhere because they employ mm-hmm. sinners, people that aren't like you? Right. And it's just ridiculous. So I think today maybe we can kind of look at some of these areas and, and refocus. Yeah, so I, I wrote down the number one misconception of church uh, that I could think of is that people think they're going to be judged when they go. And so what we're saying is it's possible because we don't know who's, who's there. there, you know, and we, we can't say that's not possible that somebody else is going to judge you. What we can say is it is, does it matter? Does it matter if somebody judges you? You know, you have to, you have to make the decision yes. to, uh, to basically have your own resolve and say, I don't care what that person next to me thinks I'm here for God. Josh, anybody that judges somebody else in the church doesn't see themselves rightly. Right. How can you judge someone for sin or whatever, when, as Apostle Paul said, as I look at my life, I'm the greatest sinner of all, because one definition of sin is missing the mark. And, and the, the more mature you become in Christ, the, 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 he, the further the target becomes. Well, if and, you think about that idea um, of missing the mark, if you have a bow and arrow and you have you know, the target and you, you, you pace your paces off, 20 paces or whatever it is, and you go to shoot that, and uh, every single time you don't hit that little dot, every single time you, you don't missed, hit that, the target. that bullseye, it's sin. And, and, and I know that seems crazy, but the truth is, is that we all have sin in our lives, but we're, hopefully we're improving. Hopefully as, we're getting as better. You, as you grow, God expects more out of you, and he moves the bale of hay with right. the target on it further back. And so I don't want to deter anybody out there from going to church, obviously, right? There are some people in church that are a little judgy, but there are a ton of people that aren't. And you get to come, and you get to be one of those people if you want to come and, and fight that kind of uh, attitude. Um, moving on, you had a whole list of things that people might be frustrated about. Well, well, I want about. to say this real quick. I think there's a, pre, a, a preconceived idea out there that I might be the only guy in this group that had no knowledge of Christ before I came mm-hmm. who had, maybe they thought something. And, and, and I think this goes on to the fact that allegedly people out there think that people that go to church are perfect. Allegedly, they think they're not perfect. And I think they're a combination of both. 
And if you're worried about somebody judging you, get over it because they already are. I mean, right? (laughs) They're judging you no matter whether or not you're living a good life or a bad life. Because I do believe that that when you come into a world, whether it be Christianity or just the world, people want to have a reason to say, this is why I am the way I am. And and I think it's unfairly, because I get a lot of people come to me and go, oh, you're with VBF. Well, so-and-so of this. And I go, so how do you know that? You know, I mean, yeah. have you witnessed them do this? Or do you, are they, because they have so many preconceived ideas. Yeah. And I think that's something that, you know, as, you know, most of the things that baggage, I think, come along with church is somebody's preconceived idea that was planted there. Right. Mis, uh, um, by allegedly thinking something goes let me on say, Let me say something else about having a uh, bad experience at church. Uh, the other day I was at Big Five. Yesterday, actually, I was at Big Five. And uh, I had to grab some stuff and... And I heard somebody yelling, screaming at the top of their lungs. And I and I kind of made out what he was saying. He said, this is the last time I'm ever coming to this wonderful <laughs> place. And then he swung the door open and marched out. And he flipped out. It looked like he had a package, uh, something in his hands. I think he was trying to return it. And they said no. Um, what was going on with that guy? Like, was it just that one thing that, that got him to that point where he just blew up or was it something else and on top of that and something else on top of that see people have a ton of pressure in their lives and so occasionally that pressure that one little thing happens and that causes them to blow like you said the balloon analogy that you had a few weeks ago in church uh it it causes them to blow and they happen to be at church at the time and then what happens is there's innocent bystanders that are uh affected by that and that's well, if you come to church with a critical spirit, you're right. going to find something to be critical yeah, about. Sure. Yeah. It depends on the spirit that you, you come in. You For know. sure. And so uh, we want to encourage you guys that if you're afraid or, or intimidated by church to come anyway. Don't worry about what people yeah. think because if, they are, uh, if they're looking at you funny, that's on them. That's their problem. That is the thing. That whatever they're dealing with, you don't know what they're dealing with. Don't worry about it. Who cares? Who yeah. cares? And, and, you know, I did write down some things about the misconceptions of the church. And I've heard it said a lot that it's not relevant to my life. Oh, wow. And, and that is huge. I mean, what's not relevant to your life? If you come to our church, I mean, some Sundays we speak about, you know, marriages. We might speak about the topic of depression or healing or finances or relationships. I mean, none of that's relevant to your life. And what we do is we take this, uh, you know, this book, this ancient book called the Bible, and we use that as our guide. And so it's not relevant. You're going to the wrong church if, if you're not hearing things that, that apply to your life because uh, we do a lot of topical, yep. and we'll come in and say, let's talk about marriage today. Let's talk about, we had a three-week series on depression. Let's talk about depression. Let's talk about the inner hidden things in the heart. And that hits everybody. And so I think, again, you said in the beginning, maybe you just had a bad, uh, you know, a bad experience in the church because to say it's not relevant Eh, I don't. I don't think that's yeah. true. Another one that I was thinking about um, is that some people say, "Why would I go to church just to hear about how bad of a person I am?" You know, you hear people say that all the time, right? And um, and that's just not true. You're not to hear that in our church. It's just not true. No. Um, you know, how many times have you come and you felt convicted? Yes, right. Conviction is a good thing. When you feel conviction, that's God saying, "Hey, I want you to." Come with me and do a better job. I want you to be the person I created you to be. So stop doing those other things and do these things instead. That's conviction. 
condemnation is what I think people think they are going to expect at church. And I'm sure some many people have been <clears throat> condemned at church, unfortunately, but that's not from God. See, when, when God looks down on the church, I've always thought of it this way. He doesn't see a bunch of buildings and a bunch of on a bunch of street corners and you know and that's a church that's a church that's a church he sees his people who are in those buildings and he says that's my church collectively right um so you look down in bakersfield and you have people unfortunately that are in the building that are not part of his church let's go back again josh you know conviction you might come be convicted uh when the pastor whoever speaking talks about you know you should not lust maybe it comes out in the sermon not it's not the subject matter lusting but let's say a little segment comes out where he reads a verse in the verses thou shall not lust now you might be convicted going man i've been lusting a little bit too much lately you know but that's totally different you just say god forgive me i'm sorry and move on yeah. you know and well try and to then, and the then why would why would god or in his in his in his in the bible why would god say that we shouldn't do certain things like lust or, or cheat or steal or uh, murder. Obviously, those you know, we know why you shouldn't do yes. those things because it leads to a uh, a quality of life that is so much less than what we are called to have. Right. Well, well, that brings me right into one of the points I wrote down, and Tom and Vince might want to get in on this. Uh, one misconception of the church is that, that the church uh, uh, should agree with the world. Mm. There's that misconception out there, and people get mad. Well, you Christians, you know, uh, we're not going to agree with the world uh, because our Bible is a countercultural book. When you say the world, what, uh, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean I'm not world, sure everybody. Yeah. Well, I'm talking understands. about the world. I'm, I'm putting in that that uh, category of the world. Like so, it's like people the, that don't majority? believe in God. People okay. that don't believe in God. People okay. that even if they do believe in Him, they don't want to serve Him. They don't want to be a part of God. That's what I'm referring to, but. Uh, we are countercultural. Our book that we're, we're you know, uh, basing our life on, it's a countercultural book. For example, people get very upset and say, you guys are against abortion. Well, obviously, our book teaches us that we're not to take life. It teaches us about the sanctity of life. And we're never going to agree with you on the abortion issue, probably. Right. And I think, and I'm going to say this, and I might regret it later, but I don't think any church that's biblically based is going to agree with you. Yeah. And so, again, do you guys... Well, do, there's there's been a hypocrisy in the church about that issue because they will preach, some churches will preach against abortion, but they'll preach for the death penalty. And uh, and that gets tricky. You know, it, Josh, it really I thought does. that's so interesting because I was invited to uh, share at a, a Bakersfield College, I think it was, at a class one day, and it was on morals and values. And uh, I think the teacher had them all set up to, to get me. Yeah. And I was, I was walking into a trap. And they asked me that question. They said, what do you believe about abortion? I said, I don't think anybody has a right to take life except God. That's what I believe. I believe the book tells me that. Right. And so I could see they couldn't wait. And they said, okay, what do you think about the death penalty? I said, I don't think anybody has a right to take life except God. You don't believe in the death penalty? I said, I'm one of the few that don't. I, I don't believe in it. And I go, I'm consistent with my values. And I don't want to get off into that. But, uh, but, you know, I, but El Pastor, I think you should, and I think we should, because I think as I came to the Lord when I was 34, back in 1991, that, that, that there was something that I was missing, and it wasn't what the world offered, because I had all that. You know, I, I had money, I had reputation, I had all that, but there was something still missing. 
and I found it in the church. And I, and I think as we go into the church, I think people's misconception when they walk into a church is that all churches agree on the same things. And when they find that out, they're like, holy smokes, what is this? But I do believe my opinion of the sanctity of life started to change. I needed to know that it was countercultural to where I'd been because where I'd been wasn't fixing me. I, I say it all the time. Tommy was screwed up. I knew that. I just didn't know how to get unscrewed up. Had everything the world had to offer, but coming into a church, hearing that there are things that are better for you than worse, I'm going, I was doing the things that were worse. No wonder I'm where yeah. I am. Yeah, you were broken. You yeah. came in. And I remember the day you came yeah. in. You came in and, and said, I want to get on a journey here, getting yes. right. But Josh, let me go back and clarify something. So I don't like to give our critics, you know, uh, something that they can go with. Sure. Uh, people will say, well, you know, believe in the death penalty. Well, it's right there in the Bible. In the Old Testament, it is. Mm. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff in the Old Testament that doesn't carry over to the New. Right. I mean, I'm just speaking a personal uh, value. And you don't have to agree with me. A lot of, In fact, most Christians out there don't agree with me. Yeah. But I believe with all of my heart that if you believe in the death penalty, I believe you should be willing if they drew a lottery ticket and you had to pull the lever... I think you should, should be able to do that. I couldn't because in my mind, I'm living in the New Covenant, New Testament. I'd be thinking, man, you know what? This person isn't a Christian. And I think if we pray for them another two or three months, they might, they might give their lives to God. And right. I cannot take their life at this point. But then again, we're going back. We should have the right in some of these areas to have different opinions in the church without judging one another. 100%. Uh, again, you show me the Old Testament, yes, but I will show you a lot of things in the Old Testament that didn't carry over to the New Testament. And so it's just an opinion, knowing most people will disagree with me, but that's what the church is about. Well, we come in and share our opinion, say this is my own personal value. I'm not have, telling you you have to espouse this value. If we're following the Old Testament and um, a woman commits adultery, we're supposed to stone her, throw there stones at her until right. she dies. And But the man's good. He's good. So if you guys want to follow the Old <laughs> Testament, we'll just do that. We don't want to open that discussion. We don't want to right. open that can of worms today. It's just silly. I mean, at the end of the day, um, look, there are bad people. There are very bad yes. people. And they need to be locked away for good. But, but um, going back, Josh, again, the world thinks, and I say the world, many in the world, let me make that very precise, they think that the church should agree with them. And if you're not following God and his book, and, and, and over here you are following God and his book, you're not going to agree on things. Uh, God said, I, I saw you in the womb. I formed you. I, before you were even born, I formed you. And so I don't want to get off on that one thing there, but I'm just trying to make a point that uh, uh, the church is not going to agree with the world on every issue. And I think people are going to come into the church, and they're not going to 100% agree with everything that's said from the pulpit. But that's okay, as us that have been in the church for a long time, we have to give people a safe space to work that out, right? To be able to come to their conclusion like, man, let God do that work in them, yeah. and us encourage them along the way, because we're not... I would say we're not the, um, the the moral police. That's not our job. The church's no. job isn't to be the moral police, but to give people a reason to keep coming back and to grow in their spiritual life, but also in their physical life. It's funny because you talked about people, you know, don't want to come to church because they feel like they're going to feel uncomfortable when they come or, you know, there's going to be this sense of that they don't belong. And I think that's part of when you start growing in Christ, it's getting out of that comfort zone where, you know, it's... It, Let's say this. It's like if you decided one day you're going to get up and go for a run. You haven't ran in a long, long time, and you're going to go run a mile. How hard is that mile going to be to run? Yeah. 
It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be tough. But you know that if you stay with it and you stay consistent, that mile is going to get easier and easier and easier. And I'm not saying church is always like a gym, but I think in some ways, as you come into the church, there's going to be this uncomfortable process that probably takes place. But it's also the work that God's doing in you. And I think when that uncomfort hits and you keep staying consistent with it, that's when God starts doing Can things Can I say in it's a, it should be a pleasant uncomfortableness? Is that a possibility? Yes. You go in going, I'm uncomfortable, but I know I need to be uncomfortable um, exactly. because I know my life isn't right here. And so it's a pleasant uncomfortableness. Well, and you also have to come in knowing that you're not comfortable with where you're at, right? Like if you come in saying, well, I'm good and you know, there's nothing wrong with me, then you probably also wouldn't get the same. If you went into a gym and you said, well, I'm good. There's not, I'm not going to work out because I already feel great. Well, you're probably not going to see the result that you want to see, right? And so if you go into a church and you're just, you think everything's good, you're not going to walk out of there seeing God move in your life. Yeah, and I think, too, a lot of it has to do with uh, the older Christian's maturity again. Uh, I'm not going to agree with the world on a lot of issues. Uh, I might go to a movie show where a lot of people that don't believe in God's there and some that believe in God is there. And if I'm living according to the book, it's quite possible that I'm going to go, there's too much cussing in this thing. They're taking God's name in vain, and that's my father. I'm not comfortable with this. And there's a sex scene coming on right now. I don't like that. I made a mistake by being here. But to be able to walk out, and not in a self-righteous way, looking at everybody like, you know, I'm too holy. I'm not staying here, which some Christians give off that air. To walk out and say, hey, i got to leave right now. I'll talk to you later. But you have a good day, and, and uh, maybe we'll meet for lunch next week. And, and you're not condemning them, but you're also showing by your lifestyle that you can't approve of what's going on in there. Right. Later on, it might come around, the conversation might come around, and you might say, yeah, you know, I, I've given my life to God. And when I saw the sex scene, I found myself getting pretty excited. And I went, you know, this is not conducive to where I want to go. And so because I'm human and I'm a red-blooded American man, I just thought I should remove myself from that. But you're doing that without judgmentalism. And I think that makes a big difference. Big time. Well, you know, I think there's a thought process out there that church changes people. And I'll be here to tell you, church does not change a single person. Church is a place where people go and you introduce them to the Lord. Yep. And the Lord, once they accept Jesus Christ into the heart, that's the only chance people have of changing their behavior. That's right. So we can't decide whether somebody's doing something bad outside the church and, oh, the church isn't doing their job. Because doesn't it go back, to, if you use the gym analogy, I mean, the gym analogy is really done once a person decides to start engaging in weight training, eating right. And pastor in, in our church, one of the things I love about our church, and I, I've never found a need to go outside of our church because I feel everything I have has been developed inside there, is God changes me a little bit at a time. And as he starts to change me, my, my, my thoughts about... Uh, um, taking life changed. I thought abortion was wrong. I thought capital punishment was wrong. My, my mind started to change. I started to realize that it's that. So if anybody comes in the church thinking, oh, I just go sit in the pew and I'm going to change, hmm. right? I mean, it's not happening. Well, Tom, Tom the, the, the church is also a place where there's uh, gifted people exercising yes. their gifts. Yes. Hmm. And, uh, and we have those different gifts. There's maybe a person there with a gift of encouragement, one with a gift of teaching, gift of knowledge, gift of helps. Uh, and we all join there together. And, and I think church, more than, than making you a better Christian, I think it confirms that you're on the right road yes. sometimes. Sometimes there's a, a word given to you about something that you weren't aware of, and you go, whoa, that's going to change my life. That's so cool. Uh, I, I think a church is a place you come to be changed. 
Right. And whether or not you change or not is going to, you got to get with the program. When you say pastor, I agree. You, you, you got to get with the program. So check check this out. Um, Pew research did a, uh, like a letter P or Pew. Yeah. P E W. Uh, they did a, uh, they did a study, uh, about five years ago. So granted thing, a lot has changed in five years, but, uh, Five years ago, they asked people why they don't go to church, and only 28, 28% said, I'm not a believer. So, okay, that makes sense, right? But then the other uh, majority are broken up into two categories. One is, I practice my faith in other ways, which is mm. the largest. Right. And two, I haven't found a church I like. There you go. That's the big one. And I, but let me ask you this question. VBF, we have a very unique personality, and uh, for our listeners and viewers out there that maybe don't go to church and they've been thinking about it. I mean, when you walk into VBF, it's not the same as walking into some of the other churches in the community because we all have our own personalities. It doesn't mean we're right, they're wrong. There's a lot of good churches mm-hmm. in Bakersfield, a lot. But but for example, for those out there that might be looking around for a church, when they come to VBF, what are they going to see that might be a little different than the churches they've been in before, the more traditional churches? I, I, what I think, and I'll keep saying it because I, I heard you say it 32 years ago that, hey, if you blew it this week, you got 15 minutes listening to me because I blowed it too. <laughs> I mean, right. I mean yes. that was something unique. And, and as yes. I was like, holy smokes, I can listen to this because, because that's not what you're hearing. Right. Uh, traditionally, it's not what you're We're hearing. We're all on the same journey, Tom. Yes. And, and, and I'm making mistakes as I go along. And again, when and, people and, come to church, I'm not trying to show them what a great guy Ron Vietti is. I'm trying to show them sometimes what a screw-up I am and how big my God is that keeps loving me. I heard somebody say, uh, they literally told me one day, they said, if your dad can be a Christian, I can too. There you go. And, That's uh, awesome. <laughs> I there was you laughing. Go. I was like, it's kind of an insult, but it's okay. That's, that's good. It's a good insult. It's a good insult. It's a good good. insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. One, one of the things so I think is huge, and I'm not just saying, and I think a lot of churches can do this, obviously do this, um, but that we're progressive um, in our knowledge, and we're willing to learn. If we haven't, if we if we thought we were wrong before, we're willing to own up to that and continue to move forward. And I think one of the big misconceptions for people, this is also a misconception, is that churches are stuck in the past or that they are not moving forward with progressive knowledge. And I know that's a dangerous territory to rock. Where well, if you're going away from the word. I think there's a difference between going away from the word, but also being progressive and saying, you know, we didn't have it right in the past, but we're willing to move and evolve as we grow, not only with one another in community, but as we grow closer to God, we're seeing, hey, we might have got this wrong in well, the past. Well, you say we're progressive, too. Uh, we don't do everything like the traditional church has right. done in the past. Uh, we're, we're not afraid to break the rules sometimes. Right. For example, we wanted to years ago, and I mentioned this on another broadcast, we were uh, celebrating Easter, and we had an, an illustration we wanted to, to really amplify and so we decided to come in the church on a Harley Davidson. Now, we never, we never really knew that another church has done that, which I'm sure they have, but we didn't have the knowledge of that. And we came in, and uh, it, went, went, it came across really, really good. But people can judge you for that, going, you, you can't do that. Why? Where does it say in the Bible, thou shall not come in the church on a Harley Davidson? I mean, where does it say that at? And so we, 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 we're not afraid to break the traditional rules. We've done a lot of crazy stuff One, in church. We're just praying, and we go, you think we could do this? Is there anything wrong with it? Is there anything sinful about it? Uh, is there anything that says we can't do that in church? What are you going to say? One of our friends that are close to us in our community said she brought a friend for the first time on Easter, 
and we had a George Bush impersonator. And she's like, this is church? What? Like, I, this doesn't even make sense. But what was cool is she was talking about it. She said it broke a barrier. And for most people, they'd say, well, I can't believe you had that in church. They'd be upset. But for us, it, not that it was all strategic, but for you, Pastor, you believe laughter is a huge part mm-hmm. of breaking people down and letting them know they're in a safe place. And, and that's progressive in my mind to think, you know, we're just not going to just come in and be all straight serious. And, you know, and it was on an Easter or this day where people, yes, it's this big holy day, but you're willing to break this mold of what people thought it should be to do something different. It could even be strategic, yeah. Vince. Right. I, I watch right. people's, uh, you know, their, their, their body uh, language. And, for example, like on Easter when a lot of nonbelievers come, sometimes they'll come in and by their body language they seem to be telling me, okay, hotshot, what are you going to give me? You know, come on, bring it on. I'm ready for you. <laughs> and we do something silly, something funny, something crazy. And as we do that, I find them laughing, and I see their whole body language changing. And they're going, hey, you know, this is pretty cool. We disarm them. Right. And again, we're not doing it for that, but sometimes it's strategic. Right. We think that, that the Bible says that humor is medicine. Right. And sometimes we just like to get people to let their guard down, do something crazy funny, sure. and then we hit them with whatever God's telling us to, going, to give going, to them. Going back to what you said earlier, Vince, um, that we allow for uh, change in our opinions and our thoughts based on the word, right? We're not talking about change because we feel like it or because it's our opinion. We're talking about we we, we look deeper into Scripture, and if God teaches us something new, then we agree with God. That's that's the thing. Uh, I was reading a blog uh, about why people don't go to church, and the third one on this blog uh, by Carrie Newoff, says legitimate doubt is prohibited. That's one reason why people don't go to church. Oh, gosh. And we foster doubt sometimes. We do. We really do. <laughs> right. Well, look, there is a there is a place for doubt. There is a place for asking questions. And if it's a good question, it needs to be asked. You hey, know? My, my namesake in the Bible, Thomas, was known as a doubting doubter, Thomas. Yeah. And, and right. Jesus, and I love that about Christ, though. You can be a doubter. And I think we all start there, right? Mm-hmm. What does it say? Faith is the very yes. first act of faith, you know, believing in something. So, so I look at Thomas, and he tells his buddy, hey, I'm not believing until I see the, the holes in his hands and the thing that's yep. star in the side. And Jesus came and said, here, look at this. You know, it's funny. And, and, and what, didn't, didn't Thomas say, oh, no, I didn't doubt. He goes, yeah, you did, so I'm going to show you it. I think, I think Thomas doubted his friends more than he doubted God. <laughs> right. Right, because right. they he were like friends. They, they were telling That's him, true. "No, he's here. That's he's good. here." Well, well, and I think it's true oh, because he, he he's, didn't even <laughs> Jesus go on to say, "Blessed are those who don't have to see and believe." Josh, I know this is really a a, a point that you like to elaborate on, but going back to our church, uh, we try to focus on love. Mm-hmm. You know, I hear people say, "Well, you know what? There's a lot of drug addicts, and there's a lot of people with tattoos, and." and homosexual gay people, and there's this kind of person going, yes, welcome, welcome. We welcome everybody to come because, again, and we say it so often, it becomes redundant. Every one of us in the building are sinners saved by God's grace, and we're all on a journey to getting uh, to be a little more like Christ, and we're all on that journey. And so I don't know where you want to go with well, this, but I got a whole, but a whole well, bunch more points well, I, to talk I, about. I, I like to jump in on church, I, I, church that I like. I don't think you're ever going to find a church you like. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I come to our church, and I love being around people. I like the people that are attracted to our church. When you say that word like, you're, being, you're going to make criterias up that yeah. are going to be a moving target. Right. There's always something change. you won't like. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, so if you're out there, I mean, people will use that all the time, and, and it's still going 
about the same thing, saying, I am finding a reason not to go there. And yeah. if I just generalize it and say, I have fine when I like. Some people might not like our music. Our music yeah. is very, very, how would you define our music? Very modern, very and gr- yeah, yeah. modern, but worship. I think yeah. we definitely it's uh, progressive yeah. and it's uh, it's 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 a, a more of a modern version of worship. Yeah, worship. But, uh, again, uh, I, we're we're a, we're a, a really a different type of church as far as if you compare us to the traditional church. But sure. we do mix it up, and uh, we're not afraid to sometimes do a traditional song yes. along with the modern song. Right. So I would say, you know, definitely we're not we're we're not we're being who we are supposed to be instead of being stuck to what somebody said church should be. I mean, I've heard you just come in and say, we make, and you can expand on this, we make burritos. We don't make, you know, we don't make hamburgers, right? I mean, we, we com- don't want to be like every other church. Right. If you don't like our style, and every church has its own style, its own personality, uh, their own way of worshiping God. And if you don't like that, there's a church on every other corner down there, and we want you to g- find some place where well, you're you very comfortable. you mentioned uh, church in light of uh, uh, being a tribe. Right, right. Mm. Yes. and uh, there's the old tribes of the Old Testament and different tribes of Israel, and they're all different, right? They all did things a little bit differently, and you were either part of a tribe or you weren't. And I think a lot of times when you come to a church, it's not about whether you like it or not; it's about whether you feel at home or not. Yes. And some people, when they come to our church, they feel at home, and some people don't. And that's Josh, okay. have you have you ever done that? I've had people come up after service, and and, and let's just use this for the sake of illustration. They're dressed to the nines, you know, and the guy's got a suit on and everything, and there's nothing wrong with that. But they, they kind of feel uncomfortable because 99% of people in our church, if not 100, are really dressed down. And there's many times I'll say, you know what? They say, you know, it's our first time here today. How did you like it? Well, you can tell they weren't yeah. really. And, you know, man, we're just glad you're here. But what kind of church are you looking for? And we might say, man, the church across town, this is a really good one. Yeah, sure. And they're, they're more of that tribe. And there's this other one. It's uh, just a few miles from here. And you might really like that one. Churches do have their own personality. But the main thing is we do teach the Word of God. And that, that's the big point. What that's about the big thing uh, to focus this, on. This, big, this massive criticism that probably none of us want to talk about? But a lot of people say, I don't want to go to church. All they want is your money, Right. And yeah, like, like, like we would love for you to come to be a part of the church, to tithe all these things, but people never realize how much we give. They don't realize how much we take care of people. They don't understand the concept. And right. who, who do we give to? Teen Challenge, Crisis Pregnancy Center, Rescue Mission. I mean, we give a lot. And but individual go, people. Let me go back to that concept that. though, Josh, yeah. uh, because for years I did not want to talk about money. I didn't even want to mention the pulpit. And the Bible does have things to say about giving to God and tithing, which is 10% of your income, uh, uh, offerings, on and on. But one day I felt like God really had a conversation with me and said, you know what, uh, because I was having a hard time talking about giving because there was a lot of poor people there, and I didn't want them to think that we were like that. that all we want to do is talk about giving. But when it does come up in a Bible study or whatever, we address the topic because now I, I, I understand that if people give to God, they get blessed so much more than they would have been otherwise. This is for their own benefit. It's not so much that we want your money, but when you really give to God sacrificially or whatever, you get so blessed that that blessing is so much bigger than your giving. And so uh, we were I were just do... talking on the way up here uh, about someone who we're going to give money to their family that are they're right, in need. Right. 
And so people don't know about that stuff because we can't publish that stuff. We can't say, hey, this person needed this. And so we <laughs> yeah. gave them, you know, and so you, you just never know. Like if you are coming to the church and you become a part of the church, there might be a day where you're in need and we could help you out. Yeah, you know? yeah. In the Bible, they laid the money at the apostles' feet and they distributed as, as you know, the as, need as arose. But uh, yeah, I mean, weekly, regularly. We're giving to people, man. They're in tears going, man, we needed this so much. And you feel like, where's the video camera? Let's get to show the people how how, yeah. how blessed they would be right. if they knew where their money was going. But you can't do that. Right. We're not given that yeah. money for publicity. Right. And we do it all the time. We're yeah. always giving. Uh, missions in Africa, uh, orphanages. Oh, orphanages. We got well, how many orphanages Schools. in Africa? Yeah. We got, lot. what, 300 orphans in Africa? There's a lot. And, and the thing about it is, if you come to our church, I don't think you ever hear about money, about, you know, as far as, Man, we're taking the offering right, right now. You know, I'm going to have my wife come out, and she's going to cry, and her mascara is going to run down her cheeks because right. we need money. And if you we come, just don't right, do that. If you come visit our church, uh, don't feel bad. Just just sit. You're, you're there. You know, sit there. Don't worry about the offering basket or anything like that. Right. Just come and sit. I said it before. If and, you come and, in, that, in our church yeah. Sunday, and you came with the intention of giving away a million dollars, uh, I would say to you, if you can't give with joy, don't give it at all. Right. That million, no, don't give it. Yeah. But let me know you're thinking about it, and I will follow you to your car, praying for you all the way to your <laughs> car that you would give it. Now, does that go to us? Does that change our salary? No, no. not at all. Right. It's more money we give the mission field, more money we give to the orphans. Well, we get pretty excited about you, it. You, it's also opposite. I don't think I've ever seen a church do this. You've put money back into the yes. baskets and told people, get what you need out of the basket. I don't think yeah. I've even seen that done anywhere well, else. And you know, that, we, 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 I think that's a pretty big mind blow. I even think we made the Californian one time or the or local newspaper when we were at the fairgrounds. Because remember the first time we were at the fairgrounds? Hmm. We did that. And we had, you know, Reverse we had, off. We, we had, we had 5,000 people in the stands hmm. and the buckets passed and Pastor Ron says, tonight, if you don't, if you need some money and don't take it, you're this gonna is sin. where you're going to sin. You're going to sin. And I think somebody picked up on that and reported the fact that this church gave away money, which is a countercultural thing. And I always keep saying this because I do believe it's important. Unless Until God has your wallet, he doesn't have anything. Mm. See, that that's the concept right there, Tom. And, and, and we know that now as we've matured and yes. went to a, a deeper level of walking with Christ. If he doesn't have your money, he probably doesn't have your heart. But let's go back to that. I mean, the, the, the last time we did that thing of giving money away... It was uh, on a month that we had a really good income. We really felt blessed. So I called uh, somebody before church. I said, go down and pull out $20,000 and get it all in small bills. And, and we did. We passed. Instead of taking offering that day, we just passed around and we did say, some of you, you need a coat for your child for school maybe because it's starting to get cold out there. You might need to pay a bill off, whatever. Yeah. Take what you need. And again, we did not do that for attention. Right. We well, didn't know it was going to hit the Californian yeah. or, or, or go, uh, you know, whatever it did on the internet. Well, we didn't. That wasn't our intentions. Well, you know what's so crazy is because I was the person you called. Um, as we did the offering, the offering came back and we counted it and we had more than <laughs> yeah. we gave away. Wow. I, but, but I'm yeah. just saying, I, you cool. can't experience that anyway, but experiencing it and acknowledge the fact that that's just. A miracle, because instead of as people were taking, people were putting in, well, and 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 I think that's a hard. And, 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 and we trust God. People, I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, during COVID, um, the church had to shut down for a little while, 
and uh, we reopened, but we had to shut down for, for a little while. And that means there was no offering baskets passed. Right. But yeah, we ended up better off financially after COVID than before. That's only God. I mean, well, that's God Josh, too, and, and, and I know I probably shouldn't say this. There's a lot of things that I probably shouldn't say because I don't have a lot of time to think about them. It's kind of on the spur of the moment <laughs> here. But during that time, our government was giving away free money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so everybody's applying for it. Uh, all my pastor friends were applying for it, and we applied for it. And uh, uh, the bank called us, and we have uh, almost half a million dollars here for you. Come and get it. And we started praying about it, and I don't have time to explain exactly how this happened, but we felt God was telling us to turn that money down, right. turn it down. Now, that's hard to turn down a half a million dollars of free money, but we knew that we knew that we knew that God was telling us not to get that money. And in fact, he, the final confirmation came through my book, Firestarters. And uh, so lo and behold, we're not about the money. We want to see people have a giving heart because like Tom said, that, that, that is good for their character. It's, it's part of their, their, their building, uh, their discipleship life to be able to give. So what, what about people out there that they believe that the church exists to be kind of a cult or they they believe that if they go to church all they want to do is control me they want to take over my mind and 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 brainwash us what would you say to somebody like that well i mean that's not true we don't want to brainwash anyone and i don't think you will see that in our format anywhere that we're trying to brainwash anybody i have people come up to me all the time and they'll say pastor what should i do here i've had people come up and say hey you know i'm getting this big sum of money and i want to know where i should give it at and they're waiting for me to say the church and I'll say, I really don't know where you should give it at. Let's pray right. and let God put yeah. that desire in your heart. We're, we're literally uh, not about controlling people. We're about freeing people, right? Yes. right? Which is the opposite of that. And it's so funny that the I think the the devil's real, right? Uh, and, and so many people out there, you believe you, you 100% believe in the devil. You have a hard time believing in God. How can you believe in one, not the other? I don't know. But uh, so many people, they 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 are giving these thoughts, and I believe they come straight from the, the pit of hell. I'm getting all Pentecostal, right? Um, <laughs> they come from the devil, and, and, and those thoughts are, hey, go to you. if you go to that church, they're going to try to control you. If you go to that church, they're going to try to take from you. If you go to that church, you're going to be judged. Those are all the opposite things of what the church is trying well, to well, do. A rich person, a very, a very popular person came into our church and gave their life to God years ago. Right. And uh, right away, someone started rumors, said they're just, they just got him there for his money. We never took his money. If you'll remember correctly, Pastor Tom. No, they, no one will believe this but you and I because we were there, you know, right? I mean, when you turned down that money. It was, they tried tithing to our church yes. and we asked them not to. Yes. We said, please, because people are going to say you're here for the money. Give, give that money wherever you feel you should give it. Uh, but let's go back for, yeah, on I something agree. here. I, I watched a movie last night and it's kind of on my mind. Um, the Bible says, I, I think it's just King James. It's one of the versions. It says that we're a peculiar people. What was the movie? Uh, well, let me tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. peculiar people. <laughs> I was stuck on the movie. Uh, okay. Okay. Let's, let's uh, frame this right, right here. Okay. We're peculiar people. We have a walk with God. We actually walk with God. And a lot of people out there, they're going to have a hard time digesting that. We walk with God. The movie was, uh, it's an old one, uh, Field of Dreams. Oh, with yeah. Kevin Costner. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of demonstrated to me, in a sense, how it goes when you're walking with God. I mean, you know, he was walking out through the cornfields or whatever, and he heard this voice say, you know, if you build it, he will come. And then he, of course, I didn't know was referring to shoeless Joe Jackson at the time. But build it, and he will come. And he kept hearing this voice, 
And pretty soon he was seeing stuff, but only uh, designated people could see what he was seeing. It was getting very frustrating with him. He was hearing a voice. He was seeing things. And the people around him were saying, you're crazy. You're crazy. This is absolutely nonsense. But he could really see things and hear things. And, and I watched that movie, and of course, I compare everything to our walk with Christ. And it kind of has a comparison. It does. As we grow in Christ, we're hearing things. God's moving in our heart by convicting us of certain things. For example, I said earlier that the church isn't going to agree with the world in a lot of things. Like, we, we really feel that no one should get drunk because our, our book tells us that no one should get drunk. Um, our book tells us that we should not uh, do anything that creates lust in our heart. So, uh, for example, for me, and we give everybody leeway, they can do this their own way, but it would be a sin for me to go frequent nightclubs. And I've said it before because I don't need to see what's in there. Very often there's girls with short skirts on dancing, and I'm a red-blooded, hot-blooded American man, and I know that's not good for me. So, lo and behold, we are a peculiar people because we're really dancing to the beat of a different drum. We're hearing God through convictions of the heart, we're hearing him through reading the word. We're trying to go down a road toward holiness as described in the Bible. And so let's talk about that for a second. Uh, with that one version of the Bible, it says we're peculiar people. They're not going to understand us. Does, does that movie make any sense to you with Kevin Costner? I uh, think the big difference, though, is if you become a peculiar person and you, you feel like you hear God, but you push people away instead of bring them into your vision into what you think is a better life, then I think that's where it gets dangerous because I think in, in our church, I can say we don't shun people out no matter where they've been. I mean, we have gangsters, we have killers that are, which is crazy to say mur killers, but mur we have all these different people and we we don't push them out and say, well, God told us that you don't belong. We never, we no, never no, tell people, we here's bring, what God said right, right, to you, right. this is what God says to us. But we bring people, and I would say you, Pastor, bring people into that journey and let them see that journey very transparent versus saying, well, this is just because, and you got to yes. follow me like that. The other thing, and that goes along with, you know, people try, like the church is out to control. It's not, it isn't that we get this book and we say, well, this book is here because we're going to try to control you with it. It has nothing to do with that. It has to do with, we believe that there's a bigger purpose for your life. And this is going to help lead you into that purpose, into that vision, into that better I think, life. I think our lives can easily become like one of those thousand piece puzzles. You know, you imagine a big table like this, I hate those and all those puzzle pieces are just scattered all over. So you put it together. And puzzles, and yeah. Means, puzzles and and I think anxiety. that when you yeah. come to church and 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 you meet God, like Tom said, and you start to develop a relationship with God, it's like He puts those pieces together, right. and your life starts making sense, right? You, you know, and I believe that like starts that's for the, what it's about. And it, well, what is a peculiar person, Pastor? Someone that starts doing things that they didn't do before, right? They start yes. doing peculiar things. I'll never forget when I first wanted to go to church. My friend John had it and had an argument because I didn't know how to go to church. He said, we can just go. I said, you can't just go because they're good people. So we called a girl that we thought was religious because she wouldn't sleep with us. So I think that was a good judgment. <laughs> and, and we called her and we said, we want to go to church. She goes, do you guys want to go to church? So we are peculiar. Just by having the idea, we want to go to church. So she said, well, my cousins go to this church over in East Brundage. Why don't we go there? And we go, okay. She goes, if you guys are going, I'm going too. So it was like we're doing something different, but all of a sudden it attracted somebody else who wanted to do something different. Then we got there. All I wanted to do was raise my hand because Pastor Ron said at the very end of the sermon, which was a compelling sermon, 
it drew me in, gave me peculiar thoughts that I never had before. Like raise my hand and accept Jesus into my heart. I want to do that. And, but I didn't do it that day because I had people around me, embarrassed me. Next week I came, I didn't do it again. But when I came alone, I couldn't get to wait, wait to get to the hand raising part because I knew I would start my peculiar journey there. All right, so it, we're going we're to so. continue on with this word peculiar. It's a, it's a peculiar word. Uh, it's not, it's not <laughs> you in looked my up Bible. The definition. But no, no, no. It, it, I, I looked up the definition in Webster's and, it, and I found this def, definition just now. Uh, it's different from the usual or normal. Yeah, that's what I said, and, right? And I, yeah, I, I love that. I love that because it's uh, what is normal? Normal is average. Remember, Dad, when I was a kid, you, uh, I would come home with my my report card, and I'd be so excited that I got a C because I said that was average. I said, "Look, Dad, I'm like everyone else." I <laughs> said you C. wanted to be like everybody else. Yeah. It, I said, "Why are you making A's? Because I want to be like everybody else." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know, understand what it meant, and. Um, you know, so many times we we end up just kind of living our life without any direction or without any purpose, and we 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 just kind of blend in with the crowd. We become like everyone else. Mm. We we have the same problems as everyone else. We watch the same TV shows as everyone else. We uh, stress like everyone else. We just let the light let life happen to us. And then you, how sad would it be to get to a point where you're 80 years old and you look back and you think, I just let life happen to me. On the other hand, you could be a person that takes charge of your own life and learns to become the person and allow God to put that puzzle together. Let, you know? let, me, let me go back and again, being redundant, walking with God, we're on this journey and the Bible says that God is making us more like Jesus Christ. We're, we're predestined to be conformed to his image. And how do we do it? I've used it before you, those little things, uh, little things, those, those, little coloring book things we used to get and they would have the numbers and you start at one and you paint connect it to two yeah. connect two to three and three to four and when you got through you had this picture and that's kind of what it's like on our journey with the lord uh going back to that kevin costner movie uh, field of dreams see we do preach at vbf that you can hear god's voice mm -hmm. and of course in that movie kevin was hearing something no one around him was hearing it and obviously, no one around us is hearing what's, what God is speaking to us. We hear his voice, and that really throws people off sometimes. We hear him through convictions. For example, if I'm convicted of something and, and it won't go away, and I'm convicted, 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 very often we say that's God speaking to me through those convictions that will not leave us. Sometimes we'll be reading the Bible, and a verse will jump out at you, and you go, whoa, and you can't get it out of your mind. And very often that is God speaking to you. We know God speaks through to people because we talked the other day about uh, the Old Testament and the Bible uh, and about divine inspiration and how that sometimes some of these prophets would sit down and God would just overwhelm them and they'd just start writing what they were hearing in their heart. Mm. And so we are peculiar people in a lot of ways. And I think one of the things that is good with VBF is sometimes we try to... to uh, communicate that peculiarness, peculiarity. peculiarity, that's a better word. We try to communicate it in such a way that people won't think we're totally off our rocker. Right. Uh, again, when I say we're hearing God say something, it doesn't mean that he's speaking audibly to us. And a lot of people might misinterpret that and, and say, well, that's, you know, they're, they're cuckoo. Uh, <laughs> but, but when you, you get in and see you know, what we're uh, experiencing, you might want to experience it too. It's really, I mean, it's like the coolest life that I could even dream of having. Hmm. Well, why do you guys think that 
someone should commit to a church because there's a difference between attending a church and committing to a church. And obviously we, we want you to commit to a church, even if, especially when you don't agree with everything. Mm. Right. I think right. That, that, that's huge. I think it's really important. I, I'm just going to answer the first part of that. I think it's really important that for our own character and our own development, that we commit to something that is outside of our normal comfort range, right? That we commit to something that we don't fully agree with all the time or commit to something that is that that that, that has a group of people in it to where you 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 you're choosing to be a part of that tribe. You're choosing to be a part of that group. I think that there's something that happens in our hearts and in our minds when we do that. Commitment I, helps you persevere. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for example, if you're not committed to a marriage by marriage vows in a contract, uh, there's times you want out of that marriage. Right. But that commitment kind of ties you in. Uh, if you don't commit to a church, you're going to become very fickle and you'll probably become what we call a church hopper because there's times that you're going to maybe go to a church service. And again, we said this in the beginning, God might want to make you a little uncomfortable because you're living a lifestyle that's going to really create havoc down the road and injure you. And so I think commitment causes you to have perseverance. You know, it's funny, church hopping, that's a funny idea. Uh, I was thinking about... Uh, just now, as you're saying that, I'm thinking about uh, the old, the New Testament church as they were growing. As Paul was, uh, Paul planted a bunch of churches. Peter and John also a little bit. They, there's always churches in different towns. So in order to church hop, you had to take your whole family to a whole another city, right? Like like there was one legitimate church in each town. And I was thinking, you know, really, there's only one legitimate church for you. There's only one legitimate body that God wants you to be a part of. And, and and there are seasons. You might be a part of something for a long for a while and you might move to another city or move to another place and and God might change your your uh your commitment level or, uh, to a different group of people. But ultimately when God leads you somewhere, he leads you somewhere, right? I mean Well, for example, God led me to start this church what almost fifty years ago. And he led me to start it by uh giving me a, a vision. And in that vision and that revelation, he said, go start a church for me. And, and I knew it was God. Now, uh, I'm committed to VVF. I've been committed almost 50 years. Have there been times when I want to leave? Yes. But the same God who instructed me to come here is the same God's going to have to instruct me to leave. And I'm committed. Uh, and so I think commitment is very, very important. I think when you're not committed to, like you said, I like the puzzle analogy, you don't get all the pieces if you don't stay in one place. And that's huge because right. I've been a lot, you know, I've been at the church for a long, long time. I came in as a junior hire. My parents didn't come. Right. And it's, and I'm still getting the pieces. My puzzle is not even close no, to be putting to, put together. But as I hear things from God speaking through you guys, through Pastor Ron, every week I'm able to get new pieces and put it together. And, and one piece that might be way over here that didn't make sense at one point that he said, Right now, all of a sudden, makes sense. I mean, we had a staff meeting a couple of weeks ago, and you had brought something up, and I had to put pieces together, and all those pieces started making sense to me. I'm like, okay, like, yeah, yeah. this makes more sense than it ever is made, but it's taking me along this journey. So if you don't stay put, your puzzle becomes five different puzzles that you can't put together yeah. because you're under so many different pieces. You miss out of, on blessings. You miss out yeah, on what I you're agree. actually supposed to be building. Yeah. And, and it's you know, funny, Josh, when you say commitment. I think commitment is the beginning mm. of whatever you're starting. Yeah. I remember I've, I've, in fitness, I was a lab rat. I was willing to do whatever it took, nutritional-wise, exercise-wise, to get the results I wanted. I think if you commit and you commit to a church, mm. 
you also become a lab rat. Well, because the, the, the ideas that being preached from the pulpit, you can say, I'm going to try that. Right. And I'm going to try it because I'm in a contained group and I'm with people mm. that know me. So they're going to be able to see if this is working or not in my life. I've been doing something over the last three months. And my wife goes, Tom, wh why didn't we have you do this years ago? And I'm like, I, I don't know, honey, but I'm not sure it would have worked because you finally got tired of it mm. and you said, this is a problem. And I said, you're right. And I, and I needed to commit to make a difference. Right. And she came back and said, it's working. And how do you have a, a, a confined environment where you can get that feedback? Because really feedback is what we want. I love the idea of a lab rat. It's funny because I've thought of the church analogy in two forms. One is what you said a few minutes ago, Vince, that it's like a gym. And one, like you said, like it's like a lab where you're experimenting and doing things. But you think with the lab rat itself, the the scientists are putting the cheese or the yeah. reward in a certain place in the, you know, in a little, this is one experiment, I'm sure they have lots of experiments, but it's a maze, right? Yeah. The, the one we all think of. It's a maze and ultimately it's showing you and, and allowing you as a rat to experience five different failures before you experience the one success. And I think sometimes in church, like that's what church is. It's like, okay, come experiment, follow God. You're going to find ways to fail here. You're going to find ways to right. fail, but you're ultimately, if you stick with it, you're going to find ways to succeed. And that's the point. And if you don't stay long enough, yeah. right. how many people leave right before they get, they get oh, a big man. blessing? Or how many people walk away from God right before he's about to do something? How many people walk away from um, just multiple blessings? But let's go back to what Tom said, lab rat. We'll, we'll stay with that terminology for a second. I believe if you find a, a good church where God's really moving, things are happening, you won't have to make yourself go. You will want to go. Yes. And uh, for example, what Tom said, they're finding that these principles that we're teaching work. Right. Uh, years ago, I said, okay, I want you to start giving sacrificially to God, and I promise you, you'll be blessed. Mm -hmm. And so if you give to God, I'm going to hit you with a challenge. If next three months, give to God. Give your finances, your time, or whatever. If you're not blessed, uh, we will give your money back to you. And no one but one person asked one for it back, only one person. Yeah. And so what we're doing is we're presenting the Word of God and saying, hey, God has promised us in His Word that these things will work. And now we're challenging you to try them to see if God's right, which He is. He always is. But I think if you found a church that's really uh, birthed of God, which some aren't, some are, really birthed of God, and they're really, really teaching the Bible— uh, I think you're going to want to go to church. I don't think you're going to have to make yourself go. And uh, so that commitment becomes a little bit easier. Well, for those of you guys that are on the fence about uh, going to church, uh, you know, obviously you're more than welcome to come to our church. We want you to come to ours if you can. We have a, a, a sanctuary on East Burnage and Mount Vernon, VBF, in case you don't know. Um, and then we have a sanctuary out in the northwest part of town. 6228 Coffee Road. It's on Coffee Road. Uh, the, we might have one in the southwest. We don't know yet. Yeah, we're working on that. So, so and, just, let me and say Las one Vegas. Thing. I guess yeah. got there Las Vegas Las out Vegas. there. We have right, a church in B. Yeah. Well, 20-year anniversary coming yep. up this month, November yeah. 13th. That's but wild. let me say one last thing before we sign off here. A lot of people, too, might uh, see the church as, as something that's a waste of time. They're very busy, a lot of busy schedules. Ch going to church is to waste time. It's not relevant. It's a waste of time. And I, I've really been harping on this a lot mm. lately. Uh, I believe that, that we exist to, to uh, please God. I think God is uh, very happy when we live in such a way that pleases Him. And so I think if you really believe in God and, 
and you're trying to be a Christian, I believe it's really cool to have one day a week that you actually get up early on a weekend and you get dressed, you take a shower, you take a shower before you get dressed, and you eat breakfast and you get in your car and you know use some of your gas. You drive to church and you say, hey, this is the one day of the week that we have chosen to honor God. And I think God gets very blessed by that. I think it makes God's heart happy. I did talk Sunday about God has feelings all throughout the Bible. He, he gets angry, he gets jealous, he gets grieved. God has feelings. And to be able to set one day aside a week to say, God, this is the day we really want to set aside to specifically honor you. I think that makes God happy to go and say, we love you and you're that important in our life that the least we can do is take one day a week where we go gather with other believers and we learn about your word. And uh, I think that, it, that uh, it pleases God to go to church if you go to church. I'm laughing and thinking about the fact that you said use some of your gas that's kind of like tithing 10% of your income right there, right? <laughs> right like using your gas right, if you live yeah. in California, especially. Well, you well, know what's crazy about that, though? Sorry, Tony, I didn't cut you off. Is that as you as you do give that time to God, as we please God, the things that start happening in our life are tenfold than what you could even thought of happening. Like the things that start happening in our own life, you don't go to church to get anything, but you end up getting all of this stuff that helps you with raising your kids in your workplace, being a better friend, being a better neighbor, all this stuff starts happening in your life just by going and pleasing God. It's you know, crazy. You know, Vince, you're absolutely correct because nothing that you invest in that gives you a return is a waste of time. Right. Look at, look at <laughs> right. what people invest their yes. time in. Working out, dieting, right. school, right. education. You know, it, it's, you, you can't consider it a waste, and I would say it's not a waste. And, and this yes. is where you have to do it says you got to try it. Is that really even a wrong phrase? I'm going to go to church, or should it be, I'm going to go to be with the church? Mm. Ooh. I'm going to go to a building to be with the church. That's right. good. And when we go... I mean, there's so many facets that really encourage you. We walk in, maybe you're in a bad mood, and you've got these people with a gift of encouragement around you, and all of a sudden they're bringing your mood up, and then you get into the worship music, and you feel God's presence because the Bible says he inhabits the praises of his children. And then you hear the pastor come out, and he says a couple things that really get you jazzed, going, whoa, I never thought of that before. And then you leave and do some high fives with people. I mean, it's really healthy. Yeah. Okay. The only thing bummer about it, is that not everybody's there yet? Yeah. If they're, I mean, if everybody would just come, I mean, I would think that's, I mean, and that sounds crazy well, to say, but I'm just saying, the the more people that join our community, the more people that get there, that's when the that's when the church becomes alive. That's when it becomes a even better place. So if you feel like you came to church because you're like, ah, you know, you're gonna make it a better. Vince, I said it before. I'll be coming to church. I'll see people out there jogging and getting their boat ready to go skiing, and they're doing all this stuff, and I I imply that they're not probably going to go to church. And I think if they knew what this life is about, mm -hmm. if they knew what, what a blessing it is to go and hear God's word and to worship him, they would all be here. We, we would have to do 50, 100 services a week. They just, it's ignorance. They don't know what this is all about. And with that, I don't know. Maybe you want to sign off. I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think this is an interesting topic. Uh, we're we're going to, in the future, maybe next week, maybe not. I'm not sure yet. We haven't discussed it. But I would like to talk about misconceptions in the Bible and what people believe That's a about good topic. that. And so maybe we'll do that next week. Um, but anyway, we just want to tell you guys, um, I, I hope we, first of all, I hope we didn't say anything that offended anybody. 
Um, maybe you were the judgmental person at church, but if you were, you probably wouldn't even think you were. So that's good. But uh, we just look, we all make mistakes. And right. even in church, sometimes we rub people wrong. And if you have, go to that person. If you know them, talk to them, you know, and, and, and repair those, those uh, relationships if you can. And if you can't, just try to be better. Try to be better. Uh, we can all be friendlier. We can all smile when we're yeah. at church. We can uh, smile when we're out and about because we are still representing the church when we're out and about, when we're at work, at school, wherever we're at, right? So we just want to encourage you guys to do that, and uh, we love you guys. We thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe uh, if you're listening on uh, iTunes or Spotify or wherever, YouTube, um, and uh, that way you'll make sure to keep up with the latest episode, right? Love you guys, and we will see you or hear you soon, right? Yeah, love you. See you. Your daddy's ring. You got your daddy's ring.